not everyone will understand every single part of you. Not everyone will see every single part of you. And that makes sense. But also like, can you accept love from the people that love you, even if they don't love you the way that you want to be loved or seen? Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Sensitive and Soulful Show. I'm so excited to be bringing you this conversation today. It is a rare guest expert interview with my dear friend, Marina. Um, And I call it an interview, but it's really not. I don't interview people necessarily. I just like to chat and have, have real conversations and talk about things that I know you all want to hear about. And in today's episode, we're talking all about the trauma of not feeling seen as highly sensitive people. So Marina is the perfect person to bring in to talk about this topic. I like, first of all, you all are always asking me about trauma and how this impacts highly sensitive people. And you're often telling me how you're feeling not seen, you're feeling misunderstood and how and how painful that can be, right? And so this is something that Marina is such an expert at. Marina is a compassionate somatic coach. She's a published author, a trauma survivor, and an expert on top summits and podcasts on the topics of trauma, the nervous system, and emotional healing. She has supported thousands with big visions who felt stuck through her one-on-one coaching, group programs, and online courses. And I can personally vouch and say that Marina's work is incredible. We have collaborated, gosh, I'm like thinking at least one time, I think maybe twice actually in my various programs. And every time I bring her in, people just love her, learn so much from her. I'm always recommending Marina's work to people who reach out to me on Instagram. So I just know you all are going to love this topic. We talk all about not feeling seen as highly sensitive people, why we often feel misunderstood, how that can feel traumatic for us, and and where the origins are of this experience for HSPs. So I'm super excited. Definitely let me know how you like this episode. Let me know if you liked the guest format. If you want me to bring in more guests, I have so many people who are always reaching out, asking to be on the podcast and maybe I'll start actually entertaining that. So let me know. Um, And before we get into the episode, I have an exciting announcement, which is that the live version of the Sensitive and Soulful Self-Worth program is officially open. So my self-worth program is the go-to course for highly sensitive people who want to feel more confident and worthy and empowered 
at their core in their life. So if you're an HSP who's often feeling insecure, you're second guessing yourself, you're feeling like you're people pleasing and kind of just going into these behaviors that are not serving you, that don't feel good, but you don't know how to get out of them, the self-worth course is your place. I will teach you how to go from feeling insecure, second guessing yourself to feeling confident, empowered, and worthy in your life, in your relationships. So this course has helped people feel more confident in their relationships. You'll learn how to express your needs. You'll learn how to rewire the deep-seated insecurities that you have. You'll look at your limiting beliefs and work through those. Like there's so much in this course. And I'm really excited about this live version because we will be going through the course together. For six weeks, we're going to you're going to get a weekly QA call with me where you can ask any questions you have. You'll get a private Facebook group, and of course, you'll get weekly guidance from me and lifetime access to all of the content in the course. I also have a really cool live experience upgrade. So it's a group program version of this course. So basically what that looks like is you get all of the content in the course and you get six live Zoom calls with other people who upgrade into the live experience. So these calls will consist of spot coaching from me. I'll help you work through specific areas of your self-worth that need healing. You'll get to connect with other course members. You'll get to support one another, hear from one another, and it's going to be such a powerful experience. So I've never done a group version of this program. I've never done like a live group coaching call like this, and I know it's going to be so powerful. This is something that people have been asking me about over and over and over again, and I hear you loud and clear, and so we're making it happen. So enrollment to the Self-Worth live experience is open until Friday, June 9th, at least at the time of recording this. This is when the end date is. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I change it, but you can find out all the details on sensitiveandsoulful.com forward slash self-worth. And we will begin this experience in late June. So definitely go check out that page. It's also linked in the show notes. That's sensitiveandsoulful.com forward slash self-worth. All right, let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. We're here with my first official guest of the sensitive and soulful show my friend marina it's like so fitting for her to be the first official guest um and i'm i always am recommending her to people that reach out to me she is just like a go-to person for all things related to trauma somatic healing like she's a wealth of knowledge and she's a beautiful soul we've been friends for a few years now virtually so marina do you want to just briefly introduce yourself talk about what you do and then let's dive into our conversation today so good to be here and to see you it's kind of funny i'm going through a bit of a transition um so i used to do a lot a lot of trauma work sort of helping people regulate their nervous systems and now i'm really more interested i still use those tools but i'm way more interested to help people who are kind of on the path to creating something new or something exciting in their life or like transitions um that they are really excited about but also all their stuff comes up um triggers traumas all that this is really i mean triggers are my favorite and really like what i love supporting people with so yeah, it's all it's all around that. It's all around the triggers that come up when we're 
doing something courageous and big. I love that. I mean, triggers are gold. Like we know it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like, I'm definitely one of those people where I get triggered by something and I get a little bit excited. I mean, not always right away, but I'm like, oh, there's something here. Like, let's look into it. So yeah, uh, I love that. It's so important. And and I think that like when we start to view triggers in that way in our lives, it just makes life a whole opportunity for healing instead of like, oh, this is happening to me. This sucks. I'm so pissed. Everything is so unfair. It's like, no, this is coming up because it's something for me to heal and for and an opportunity for me to grow and expand and all of that. So I love that. And something I wanted to first before we yeah talk about just all the things we're going to talk about around feeling seen and things like that and trauma and how it impacts highly sensitive people. I was curious if you could share your definition of trauma. Like how, how do you explain it? Because it's such a hot topic and thing that's talked about so much, but like, how do you explain it? I kind of use Gabor Mate's definition. I really like it. And I don't know if I'll say it word for word, but it's basically anything that is too much anything that is too much for you in that moment, like you don't have enough resources internally or externally, you don't have the support, you don't have the physical resources to escape any of that. So when you think of kids, you can definitely see why so much of our trauma is from childhood, because we are so vulnerable. And it's so hard for us to have those resources unless someone else gives them to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that definition. And that also just makes sense and explains why highly sensitive people tend to experience more trauma, because I think it's just a lot easier for us to get to that place of things feeling like too much. And then we're comparing ourselves to less sensitive people who had the same experience, but they seem fine. And we're like, why do I not feel okay? Why is this so hard for me? So I'm curious, like, what's your experience been like that as I think you would identify yourself as highly sensitive now, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks to you and Ben. Yes. And when you said kind of like, what's going on with me? Like, why am I taking this so hard? I think immediately of like, I'm bad. Something's wrong with me. And that's definitely how I felt a lot of my childhood. Like there's clearly something wrong with me. Um, And had like a really big, fear of failure and fear of not fitting in and being rejected, which I think is very common. So in order to cope with that, I just really sort of like made myself small and made myself fit in with other kids, even though I was different, you know, and I felt different and I felt like, oh, there's no one here that's going to kind of go as deep as I want and really see me like really recognize and see like, wow, this kid is different. She's very mature. She's very deep. She's, you know, more like spiritual since birth type of thing. My mom sort of like saw that I feel like, but the culture that we're coming from, which is, you know, Ukrainian, I was born in Ukraine and it was like communist, like where we come from. It was all about like practical stuff, material stuff. And so it was really hard to say like, to encourage a child to kind of like dream and find meaning and purpose. (laughs) And and so my family was like, okay, what are you going to do when you grow up? You have to be doctor or lawyer. Like these are your options type of thing. And so even for my mom, even though she said like from the second I came out of her body, she felt like I was really special. She really felt that. And that I was meant for like really big things and 
kind of like my own path, it was hard for her to encourage that. Mm, yeah, totally. And like, um, you know, I now I'm able to see things from like a parent perspective, being a mom myself, and I can understand for like parents, like they who have a child that they know is special and different, but then also like, you know, they have their own traumas and experiences and being like, oh, I need to protect you. And like, I know that you know, in the world, you might not feel safe to do these things. And so, you know, they try to get us in this little box because they're trying to protect us. But then of course, as kids, we, we take that as, oh, I'm, I'm weird and different and I don't fit in. And so I am bad. I am wrong. No one gets me. Like, I don't know. I, I so relate to, to the feeling that you shared with just like feeling like no one's going to go as deep as you and like feeling like you just have this sense of not fitting in and I'm curious like what did that look like for you then like what were the things that you did to try to fit in to try to feel like you know I'm I'm normal I'm just like everyone else like what did that look like for you yeah I love that perspective you shared um and it's so funny that I guess like I wish that parents were a bit more courageous in a way like that they they would just say like okay the world is structured like this but I'm just gonna encourage my kid to do their own thing. But yeah, anyway, I totally understand why that's really hard because you want to keep your kids safe, of course. Um, So as you probably know, and I'm so curious to hear about your experience as well, all the girls were like makeup and boys and depending on the stage. And I was like so uninterested in that, like so uninterested. And then in college, everybody was drinking, just like drinking, drinking, drinking around me and I and high school as well. And also I was like not interested in that. So I remember my parents kind of like shamed me when I was little because I hated moving. Like I didn't like running around or like playing sports. I literally everywhere I went, I would like make myself a comfy spot (laughs) they would just there's a word there's literally like a word for it in Russian it's really funny and I would do that I would like arrange like pillows and whatever make myself a comfy spot and just like get in there and either fall asleep or like want to find someone to like sit there and talk to me for hours which is so cute but they were like oh what's wrong with our kid like she doesn't want to play she doesn't she just wants to do that you know um and also my mom told me I didn't even remember this I remember that ballet class was like really traumatic for me and she told me that every time I would go to ballet class I would just talk to all the kids like that's all I wanted to do I wanted to like talk to everyone and so my parents were like no she has to learn ballet so they took me out and put me one-on-one with the teacher and I hated it oh (laughs) so funny um So I really remember like being really perceptive about like what the other kids want from me. And I realized like I was really smart. So they basically wanted to copy my homework and they wanted to like even on tests, which is so funny, Alyssa, because I still when I tell the story, I'm like, I hope my teacher doesn't hear this podcast. Oh my God. So cute. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble. So I would literally sit next to like people and just let them copy everything. And yeah, I just knew like, that's how they would like me, you know, that's what they wanted for me, but it never felt right in my heart. Because 
when I was really little, I didn't fit in and I wasn't really liked. And that was really hard. So I just kind of learned, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. It's so, it's interesting how we just like pick those things up. We see like, oh, this gets me acceptance. This gives me safety. This, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to abandon myself because my parents don't like when I act this way or you know, this is what everyone else is doing. So I better try to fit in. Um, yeah, I can relate. I mean, for me, it definitely came up a ton in high school and middle school. And and I always thought like, oh, in order to be cool and accepted, I have to be like extroverted. I have to like, you know, wear these certain clothes and, and look this certain way in order to like fit in. And I remember like I could put on that show, but then I would get home and just like close my door and just like journal and write poetry and I just remember always feeling like I felt like just the most like different lonely person I'm like there is something wrong with me like I no one else is like this I don't know and I I'm curious for you like I felt like I would look at other people and be like how is everything so easy for you how do you not care about everything so much I just felt like to me as a sensitive kid like everything felt like a big deal I was always overthinking and introspective and wondering about, you know, everything. And I would just look at them and be like, how is it so easy for you? And I feel like that's common for a lot of highly sensitive people too, where there's just this like deep sense of otherness and like, just like wondering like, what the heck, like, why is no one else like this? And we, you know, we don't talk about these things. And so there's that, that aspect of just feeling very alone in our experience. Yeah, I think for me, it was definitely a thing, but there were sort of like two parts because my I felt actually very seen by my mom. Mm. And I felt like some of it was a bit unhealthy because I kind of was her therapist a lot of times from birth, pretty much. She just like loved talking to me. And my mom is also highly sensitive oh. and she doesn't really have close friends. So I was like her little, you know, her little therapist that just like, she always talked to. Um, So in that regard, I felt seen by my mom and I felt this sense of like, I am really different from the other kids for sure, but it's like a good thing. Like it kind of felt like it's a good thing in, in a way, but then at the same time, I felt like I triggered kids a lot and I could perceive it like really well. Like I could see, oh, I shouldn't say that and that. And I still feel that as an adult, like even just like being, being me, like, I don't even have to speak, but I just trigger people all the time. Um, because of the way that I choose to live and like, you know, my work, like everything. And so I'm so perceptive of that. And I actually notice in my body, their body language, their energy, when it's like, kind of getting tense or kind of like, you know, constricting. And I'm like, oh, I should, I should stop talking about this or I should, whatever. Right. I should just like, my emotions need to be smaller. That was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Very big trauma that I have is specifically emotional, as you mentioned, um, because my sadness, like sadness was really unacceptable in our house and nobody knew how to deal with it. So I would really like try to bottle it up And if I demonstrated it, it would trigger my parents into anger. So for me, it like kind of became like a, and and I don't think it's because they were angry with me. It's because they just didn't know what to do. So they were like, we'll just be mad, you know? (laughs) 
So that is a really big thing for me still, like being sad or like crying in front of people is still super, super overwhelming and scary. And like, I'll do anything. I'll like make jokes or I'll like do anything not to show those big emotions, especially sadness. Oh my gosh. Wow. I have like so many thoughts that were coming to mind as you were talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I relate so much. I feel this. And just like so many things are coming to mind. I mean, the first piece you were saying just about like being so aware of triggering people and noticing those shifts in their mood and their energy and just feeling like that, that sense that something is off. Like, I think that's one of the things too, that makes it so hard for sensitive people to like stand in the power of who they truly are and like be authentic because we have that ability to really sense and feel what's going on with other people. And like, that's uncomfortable for us to know that somebody might not like what we're saying or the way we're living. And so it can totally trigger that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I need to stop. And it was making me think too, when you're talking about like, you know, the not being or feeling very uncomfortable to show your emotions, like same here. And I think of like, again, it's like feeling, you know, other people's discomfort and you us often being the strong one who listens to other people's problems and, and like knows how to be there for others. Like, I feel that I still have a hard time as well, like being super vulnerable and emotional with people because I'm like, well, what if they don't know how to handle it? I don't want to overwhelm them. I don't want to burden them. I can just figure it out myself. Like it's fine. But then of course we have, then we have that feeling, or at least I can speak for myself of being like, I'm always there for everyone else, but like no one's there for me, but it's like, well, how often am I putting myself out there to actually allow someone to be there for me? Because I don't want to be disappointed in their maybe inability to support me in the way that I need. So it's just so interesting. Yeah, totally. And also like, I don't want to feel like a burden on them and then feel lonely. It always ends with like, then I'll feel lonely. Then I'll finally know that I'm too much and like, no one wants to deal with me and all this stuff. Yeah, I so relate to that. So interesting. Yeah, you're so right. It's like all roads lead back to that. It's that fear of being alone, that fear of abandonment. And yeah, and so I guess like in your experience, like I know that you lately are doing a lot of work around like being seen and like seeing yourself. So I'm curious for you, like how is that playing out? Like for instance, when you feel that you've triggered someone or, you know, you're you're being yourself and you can sense somebody's like discomfort, like how are you like working through that so that you can allow yourself to show up and and feel safe being yourself? It's actually so funny because I always thought that I don't struggle with being seen. Like I always was like, well, I love talking. I love being on video. Like I'm good. You know, like (laughs) I know it's a thing for business owners. Like it's so big, you know, people are scared to like go live and I'm like, I'm never scared to go live. I'm never scared to speak. But I saw the deeper layers of it in this sense of like disappointment. This person doesn't write me a testimonial. That person, like I started like seeing it like that. All these expectations of wanting to receive different things from people and different ways of being recognized. And I was like, hmm, my coach helped me see like, well, why do you need it? Like, why why are you so dependent on being recognized by someone else? And so I'm starting to really dig into like every single time, even I know you and I talked about like Instagram, 
when I notice like my Instagram numbers are going down or something, then I ask myself, why, what do I need here? Like, why am I like so obsessed with these numbers, you know? And it's like, oh, I need to feel like an expert. I need for people to see me. That's what's coming up in my body. Like I need to be seen as an expert because as a kid, and then the next question is like, why is that important? Or what in my childhood kind of made me feel like I'm not, or I don't deserve to be. And it was really, um, I would be so honest and I would speak my truth and the adults did not care or did not recognize that. Right. They didn't kind of like celebrate it. And they also just like, were like, no, you need to just be a doctor or lawyer, doctor or lawyer, you know? Um, so it's really going back to that and really doing the inner work of the emotions around it, the pain around it, but also like the inner child work of telling that little child, but you are, you know, your truth and it's so powerful and it's so smart. And like, you have this Oracle ability. So just listen to that. And the numbers don't matter, you know? Um, so that's kind of, that's the work. And, Wait, there was another part of your, oh, when people, when I feel people triggering me. So this is really interesting because I kind of like arrived at this conclusion within myself that there is a choice that I can make. So instead of being like, I'm at their mercy, like here I am in the conversation, this person is going to react or like body language or react in a certain way. And then I have to shut down. I ask myself, okay, this person in front of me, what information can I share with them that feels good to both of us? And maybe for instance, like with my grandma, I'm not going to talk about my business. I'm just not going to because she's not going to get it. Like my mom told her something like really positive about my business. And my grandma was like, oh, how do you know she's going to keep making that much money next year? You know, so there was no celebration. It was all about safety. And that's like the level of consciousness that she is at. So I already know that. And so if I make like a conscious choice that doesn't come from trauma, that doesn't come from wounding, and I just say, I don't have to talk to her about my business. Like, it's just not helpful, right? I can do that. But then another instance is, when someone kind of like gets triggered, can I just stay present and just say, this is what I want. You know, I want to make that much money or I want X, Y, Z thing that doesn't make sense to them. And I can feel like my discomfort and that's okay, but I can still kind of share that. So it's really like that discernment of not everyone will understand every single part of you. Not everyone will see every single part of you. And that makes sense. But also like, can you accept love from the people that love you, even if they don't love you the way that you want to be loved or seen? And I really felt this on my birthday recently, because one of my friends, and I have a lot of friends, I'm actually an extrovert, but one of my friends sent me a voice note that like almost made me cry and just made me feel so seen. And I even played it to other people. I was like, listen to this beautiful, you know, voice note. And everyone else, I felt their love, but maybe it wasn't delivered exactly, exactly as I like. But I just made that decision of like, why, why would I block this? Like, this is beautiful. People are loving me. I'm just going to accept it. And I was reading like my journals at the time. 
I was in San Diego. So I was like reading at, at my parents' house, my journals from childhood. And I found this journal about those kids that would copy my homework that in my perception, that's all they cared about. But I found all these like beautiful letters that they wrote to me saying that they love me. And I was like, hold on, like maybe they did love me. They just didn't see me the way that I crave, but they did love me in their own way. So that was like a really big shift for me to see that. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so cool. I don't, I feel like I haven't heard it talked about in that way. And it sounds, it just, I mean, a couple of like words came to mind for me specifically when you were talking about like your grandma and knowing like, I'm just not going to talk about business with her. And like, you know, the word that came to me was like boundaries and just being aware of like how you want to share in certain relationships and like, it's okay to have and healthy and important to have boundaries in in place and just understand like, okay, like I can, this relationship can be the most healthy when maybe we don't talk about these things. And I know that this isn't the person I'm going to go to, to get the celebrations and the support around my business, but, and that's okay. Like I can, you know, this is our relationship. And I just love the perspective shift of really seeing like, oh, maybe like other people do show their love, but it might not be in the way that like I necessarily show my love, but that doesn't mean that it's any less. And I mean, that's like, it made me think of the five love languages and how helpful it is to understand that because a lot of times, like, you know, in our, in our relationships and our partnerships, like we can feel like, oh, my, my husband, my boyfriend doesn't see me. He doesn't like show me love in, in the way that I want. And while it's important, of course, for us to express our needs and to share, like, this would make me feel loved. It's also so helpful to understand the way that other people express it. And then you can kind of see those like little nuggets in the ways that they are showing you that they love you and care about you, even if it's not in the way that like you would necessarily show it. Um, so a lot of times it's just easy to kind of get stuck and like, no, it has to look this one way. And of course we see everything through our own perspective. So it's like, if we're feeling, you know, insecure and bad about ourselves, then the story that we might tell about the kids copying the homework, or like in my case, I had these, um, acquaintances that would like always come to my house after school and they would like use my pool table and like hang out in my basement because we had like a, a cool basement and in my head the story has always been they were just using me like they didn't actually like me they just like wanted to come to my house and like use all my stuff and so that has me like thinking like you know, maybe that's true, but maybe they actually did like me and think that I was a nice person. But because I had these insecurities and felt like so different and like no one understood me, you know, it was easy for me to kind of feel used and like not accepted by other people. And it kind of makes me think like how all of this then goes back to us really seeing and accepting ourselves because that impacts the lens through which we view all of our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I think this speaks to a sort of separation that we need to make between people love me in this and this way or don't, right? Like people, or when I'm a child, my parents and the other kids treat me in this and this and this way. And then I make a conclusion. I am bad. I am wrong there is a conclusion there and it becomes like the same thing. So when my partner loves me in this and this way, it means that I'm not loved. Like it means that something's wrong with me. And I think that's really like the trigger. And 
if we work through that trigger, it's so much easier to communicate to other people. This is how I want to be loved. Oh, this is difficult for you. Okay, let's think about it together. Like just having those conversations. But when, because I've had this with my partner big time, like you don't see me, the way I'm loved is quality time and deep conversations. And we don't do that. And this is a problem, blah, blah, blah. And there was just such a big trigger on top of that. And that's why we couldn't figure it out. And so it becomes so much easier and so much of a like team effort when you remove that belief, when you, and it's not the belief, it's really like feeling into that, right? Like when you were a child and somebody, like you said, those kids would just like come use your basement. Maybe that means that they really needed a place to hang out because their house sucked, you know? Like there's so many explanations but they don't have to involve something's wrong with you. But when we're kids, it's really natural to do that. All kids do that. It's kind of, it's an immature way of thinking. It's a childish way of thinking that kind of like stays with us. So when we go back to those moments and we do that work of telling that little kid, hey, let's let's see, do you, do you think there's something wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. They just wanted to be there. Maybe they liked you, maybe they didn't, but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. And really working through all those emotions that probably came up for you when you were little, you know, like the disappointment, the pain, the hurt, all these things that really make space to see like, okay, like I don't have to make this mean anything about me. And that's how I see seeing yourself actually, like that process. Oh, I love that. That's, yeah. And it's all, it really is always all about going back to those like, original moments where you started to feel that way and kind of like reparenting yourself and and giving yourself what you needed because like we you and I have talked about with Instagram as you mentioned earlier too like that's definitely an area for me that has triggered those feelings and it might sound you know silly to people who aren't like out there doing sharing their voice and things like that but it is such a triggering thing for people and like in my experience just just to share it's like I spent a lot of my years not feeling seen, feeling like that misunderstood kid that no one really un- like got and I couldn't really be myself. And then, you know, I started this blog and I started my Instagram and I shared my true self for the first time. Like I wrote blog posts about being sensitive and I got an outpouring of people being like, oh my gosh, me too. And it was literally the first time in my life that I felt like oh, like, here's my tribe of people. Like, I'm not weird for like feeling this way. Like there's, there's a bunch of other kids who were like writing poetry in their bedroom and like feeling super emotional. And so I got that validation that I like really craved and I felt seen. And so I think that the times when the numbers are down and it feels like no one sees me anymore. And I feel like I'm shouting into the void. It makes so much sense why, why that's triggering, because it does go back to that, like, core fear of I'm going to be alone. I'm going to go back to that feeling that I had before where no one gets me, no one understands me. And, and so it's like, then we kind of go into, I don't know, for me, it's like this hyperactive mode of like, oh my God, well, I need to like create things that'll help people see me so that I can get that, like that feeling of safety in my body, because I feel like I'm free falling and I'm so scared of losing that. And so it's just fascinating. And, you know, I felt a shift in myself in the past couple of weeks and you and I, I like reached out to you about this. Cause I was like, Marina, I'm feeling this way. I feel like so triggered. And you just like gave me great advice around seeing myself. And so I just wanted to share that too. It's like, 
you know, just like, I think also like, we don't want to shame ourselves for having these experiences. Like that was something else you had said to me as you've really validated my experience. You're like, it makes sense. You'd feel this way. Like I get it. It's triggering. And so I think that's important too, is to like, like for anyone listening, like the times where you do notice yourself feeling like sad or frustrated and, and going into these like patterns of trying to get people to see you and recognize you and feeling maybe a little desperation, like there's no shame in that. Like, it makes sense why, why you would feel this way. And like, it's so, it's such a thing for sensitive people too. Absolutely. I feel like your nervous system goes into this overdrive. Me too. I find my brain being like, okay, okay. What post should I create? Right. And it doesn't come. It's like this difference between creating from safety or from create creativity. Like when you're in, I want to get safe right? I'm unsafe. People are leaving. It's like, imagine yourself in this room and there's all these people and they're like, wow, you're so amazing. Like we get you, we feel the same way. And I totally resonate. Like I feel the same way. I feel like I was obsessed with growing my social media because I wanted to feel seen. And I didn't really realize it. I was like, oh, it's for my business, you know, which is also true, but there was so much more behind it. And then people are leaving and you just watch them believe one by one, right? Like even like saying that I'm like, ah, my body, it hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just your nervous system goes into this, this like fight or flight, probably fight. Okay. Okay. I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm going to create all this new different content, blah, 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 blah. And when we are creating from that, play, anything in life really from that place in our nervous system, it goes out to the world as danger, right? It doesn't go out to the world as an invitation or, or, and that's energy. Like in the spiritual world, when we talk about energy, this is what it is. Nervous systems speak so much louder than words. And that goes out and people feel it. And they're like, like I, I even more want to leave. Right. And you're like, "Ah!" and it's just the cycle. And so that's where seeing yourself is everything because you're giving that need to yourself. You have a need here. We, we both have a need here. Right. And we are giving that need to ourselves instead of going out and being dependent on a number or on a person or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true about that energy that is that goes out. Cause I know when I've been in those like spirals and then I create more and create more and I'm posting once a day or twice a day and nothing is getting the likes and I'm like freaking out. It's like, it is such a frantic, needy, desperate feeling energy. And it's like the post, you could share literally the same post like from that space or from feeling good. And most likely like if you're feeling more grounded, it's just going to hit. And it's like, feels so unexplainable, but it's so true. And like, you know, for people who are listening, who don't, aren't like on Instagram or like, don't have a business in that sense, like this can show up in your life with like people pleasing, maybe where you feel, if you feel your partner not seeing you or they're pulling away and you might go into like, oh my God, what can I do to like, make sure our relationship is strong and things are okay between us. Like that's one of the most common things I'm, I'm seeing with people lately is like, their partner's energy is off. Oh my God, what do I need to do? I'm, I'm so scared he's going to leave me. And so we go into this like frantic place, which then often makes things feel worse and like results in arguments and fights because your partner's like, whoa, relax. Like you're freaking me out. Like, why are you being so intense? And it's just, it's just that desperation that we just need to feel safe and seen and 
please let me know that I'm okay and that you love me and you're not going to leave me. And I think just having that awareness that, that that's what's going on beneath the surface with all of these behaviors, I mean, it can, it can help you have a lot more compassion for yourself when you, you know, like you have said, like you look at your childhood and the times that this happened for you, like, yeah, I've just found like, okay, I can have a lot more compassion for myself because I know as a kid, I just felt so alone and different and misunderstood. So of course this is triggering, but now how can I see myself as an adult and like give myself the things that I needed and, and also just like really embrace and be okay with being different. Like that's huge. Like, thank God we're different. Like I just, like, that's what's so magnetic also. Like, when I meet people who are just, like, unapologetically themselves, who are like, this is how I live my life. Like, for you, like, I moved to Costa Rica. Like, I'm following my dreams. Like, I don't know. I want to be friends with people who just, like, do their own thing and aren't, like, you know, feeling like, oh, I have to fit into this mold. Because we can always sense that inauthenticity anyway. And so it's, like, the people who are bold enough to march to the beat of their own drum, like, those are the people we want to be around anyway. So it's like, how can we embrace being different and be like, this is cool. Like, thank God I'm different. Totally. And I'm so glad that you talked to HSBs because it was hard for me to find that trauma. Like it's so, it's just so unclear in society unless you understand, oh, I'm really sensitive because when you are really sensitive, you feel like everyone's like this, like, right. (laughs) Everyone's like this, but it's not true. And what's so cool. And so I'm like, I'm so grateful for your content because it honestly, like, that is a huge part of my trauma for sure. And just like not seeing that. But at the same time, the cool thing is kind of like the opposite of that which is what you're saying like seeing that you're unique and actually being like wow that's really cool because chances are you don't realize like how special you are you you're just like very stuck in feeling like there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. um and so like even you know for me like when people say like when you said after we chatted like oh that was so helpful blah blah my old voice was always like, yeah, okay, she's just saying that. Like, I always had that voice in my head, like, mm-hmm. I'm not really helpful. I'm just saying normal things, like boring things, whatever. <laughs> and so I've really, like, emphasized being like, hold on. A lot of people are telling you this. Like, a lot of people tell you that whatever you say is, like, really meaningful for them. Why don't you actually celebrate it? And I think it was because of such a fear of, like, if I'm unique, then I'm alone, right? Like I'm standing here alone. There's no one around and really embracing like, no, actually I'm really unique. And what I have to say is really special and it impacts people's lives. And when people tell me that I take it in, like I I take a moment to be like, wow, this is what I live for. Like impacting other people's lives with my wisdom, with my words, with my intuition. Like that's what I always wanted to do as a kid. And now I get to do it. So I better celebrate right now. And it feels really, really good. I love that. I feel like, did you post something about this recently? I feel like I saw something about like allowing yourself to actually receive. And like, I so resonate with that where I'll get DMs from people. Oh my gosh, your page has helped me so much. Oh my gosh. And I'm the same as you where my default, my old, old voice is like, it's not that big of a deal. This is just basic knowledge. It's nothing special, but like, we're often just so blind to the things that are, we're naturally gifted in that. It just feels like second nature, like whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but 
it's like, like you said, there's so much healing in actually allowing yourself to receive that and to be like, like recognize and take a moment and like breathe it in and be like, oh, wow. Like, yes, like this is what I've always wanted to do and I'm doing it and I'm genuinely impacting people. Um, yeah. And like with, you know, my work with highly sensitive people, like one thing I've always wanted to put across and put out there is like, we're not, we're not victims because we're highly sensitive. We're not like, oh, life doesn't have to be so much harder for us all of the time. And I think a lot of people do get stuck in that, that mindset. And it's like, that's where it's like, no, I want to show you that like, there are so many gifts and like, this is a cool way to be. And it's cool to be different instead of like, it just being like, oh no, it sucks. And this is hard. It's like, how can we start to see like, no, maybe this is like actually pretty sweet. Like, I feel like that's important too, to just kind of have that, you know, come at things from an empowered place rather than like, oh, this, this sucks. And this makes myself, my life harder. I feel like that shift is really important for us as well. I totally agree. And I think if you are putting yourself around people or situations that make you feel like that, like, like you're too much. I literally had a close friend that told me that. And so, yes. So I removed myself from that relationship, you know, because if people are reflecting that back to you, it's probably because you're thinking and feeling that inwardly as well, but it's really making those steps to say, I'm actually going to be in surroundings where I feel really good. Like my friendships right now, I for sure have that voice because, you know, we have that voice, but I feel like I'm around people who love having these deep conversations, who love like the same things that I do. And so, and the con- the place where I live and all that. So yeah, put yourself in those places and really like make that intention to celebrate your gifts, to see them as extraordinary and to like use them, capitalize on them to live your life because they give us so much, so much. Yeah. I love that. It makes me think like, you know, it's like about loving yourself enough to be choosy about where you spend your energy and who you spend your energy with. And a lot of times when we're sensitive and caring and empathetic and often like the caretaker or whatever, we'll like accept circumstances that are less than what we deserve, or we'll just like put up with friends that don't treat us how we deserve. And it's like, I don't know. So it's like, there's something really powerful about recognizing like, no, this is actually not working for me. I'm This isn't feeling great. And I have the autonomy to remove myself from this situation. It's just like, to me, that just like strengthens self-trust and shows like, okay, I, if something isn't working for me, I have the ability to make a change. And that just like builds confidence and self-trust. And I think a lot of, you know, the troubles that we have are that we aren't trusting ourselves. We're not trusting that we can be who we are in the world. We're not trusting that it's safe to be different in the world. And so it's like taking any steps that we can to show ourselves the opposite of that. Like, no, it is safe. I can do this. Like, I don't know. I just think it's such a confidence building activity and it just really creates that world for yourself that is affirming and that, that really like helps lift you up. So I just love that. Um, and I'm curious, like for you. So if there is somebody listening, who's like, oh my gosh, I just feel like no one in my life gets me. No one sees me. Like, I just, you know, I just feel so alone all the time, which is so many messages I get. Like, what would be, I don't know, one or two things you might tell that person who's just like, I don't even know where to start. 
I would say to start kind of making a list of what would make you feel seen. What are the things that you're like really desiring to hear from the other side? And then when you look at those things, go back into your childhood and really figure out, okay, what were the moments where I discovered that I am not those things or that I don't deserve that? And really process those emotions around it. Maybe it's rage, maybe it's grief, maybe whatever emotions come up for you around those times, process that. And that will make it so much easier for you to be able to say, I am those things. I'm going to own it, you know? Ooh, I love that. That Okay, everyone listening, like definitely take out a notebook and do that. That's such a cool exercise. And I love that about just like owning it. Like that was something that I've recently made a shift around it. I'm still working on it, but it was like these feelings of like, um, feeling like awkward sometimes or feeling like I don't know the right things to say or whatever. And instead of like trying to be like, Oh no, I never feel that way. I always feel good. Like instead just like embracing those parts of me and being like, yeah, sometimes that's the truth about me. Like whatever, like it, it's just like, I don't know, it kind of can take away the the sting of it. And, and it's more of like, instead of it being this like shameful thing, that's a shadow that I stuffed down and I can't let anyone see. It's like, what if we could just embrace that and, and kind of be able to like laugh and love the, you know, those parts of ourselves. So I think that's such beautiful advice and just having like little, like practical, um, you know, activities, things like that, that can help you start to see yourself is what it's all about. Like self-awareness, I think is always step one and just recognizing how it shows up for you. So I love that. Um, I've like loved this conversation so much. Mm-hmm. Time always flies by when we chat. So I would love Marina for you to share like what you're working on, how people can work further with you, because I know people are going to listen and be like, oh my God, I need to get to know her. Well, all the things are always on Instagram, of course, but the thing at the moment is one-on-one coaching, actually. So if you are looking for that extra support to be seen by someone else, which is so powerful, um, and to really help you see what you don't see, you know, to celebrate about yourself, but also those kind of dark, icky, shadowy, unsexy parts. Um, I love doing that work with people. So I work with people either six months or 12 months. And I have currently two spots open for that. And I'm super excited. And this is like, hasn't been shared. But I will say that I'm working on actually a certificate on somatic coaching with another amazing, amazing partner. So that is to be to be revealed soon. Oh my gosh, how exciting. I love that. Okay. Everyone go check out Marina. We'll have it all in the show notes. So you can um, check out one-on-one, her Instagram, all the things. I'm obsessed with the somatic coaching uh, certificate. That's so cool. Well, thank you for this conversation. I always like learn so much from you and I just feel so seen as your friend. I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful to be friends with such amazing, caring humans. I feel so lucky. So thank you for sharing your time and your heart and your wisdom with all of us. Thank you. I loved it so much. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.